This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, we're officially recording. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. Co-hosting with me today is... J.M. Paquette. And our guest today is author Rob Fisher. What's funny is this is going to be on YouTube now. People are going to see me cheering to myself, which is just fucking (laughs) awesome. Okay, so what am I drinking today? I am drinking in a Drinking with Authors cup. By the way, we have swag. We'll send one of these to you, Rob. Um, It comes with a lid, too, so if you are getting drunk with it, it doesn't spill so much. But I'm drinking lime and no cucumber and lime uh vodka by kettle one with cucumber and lime perrier with a splash of pomegranate juice i am so fancy today yeah no it's it is really good it's refreshing for the start of the day jan what delicious drink are you drinking i'm drinking coffee in a jack skellington mug this is um hazelnut my best friend hazel it's called because i don't get to drink alcohol so i get flavored coffee yes well that sounds sounds whatever (laughs) (laughs) rob what are you drinking so your fans can drink along i'm drinking modelo oh 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 and a big glass too i appreciate that okay so for the fans that maybe don't know you, what uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. What do you write? It's all right. Um, what I call off the chest. Um, so it's really self-help short reads. Um, so right now I'm, I'm working on a, uh, it's, it's the style of my, my writing, but also my trilogy. Um, and so Yes, Our Secret Questions is the opener, uh, followed by a book called I Need a Muse. And it's, the subtitle is A Guide to Life. And then... Uh, the closing, the threequel. Uh, so, Super Questions is the opener, Muse is, is the sequel, and then Backdoor Man. Uh, it, and the subtitle is um, How to Achieve Success While Being Yourself. So I write, awesome. So, yeah, so I write what I, what I consider self help. Um, I like to say that um, I'm not a, a self help writer, I'm a writer that has written a self help book. Um, and so, yeah, the, uh, the trilogy is, is called Off the Chest, and I think it's really, uh, really also my style as well. So it's, it's what I consider, uh, if, if I was to define Off the Chest, it's truth, brevity, and, and writing that punches. Um, awesome. So that's, that's really kind of in a nutshell what I write. Very cool. When did you start writing? Uh, so this, this book actually used to be um, a novel, and, and kind of like a novel length. Um, but I, I, I chopped it down into, into, you know, a trilogy and I think, um, it, it, it makes it more receivable and, and, and people can, can kind of consume it, I think better, better as a trilogy. Um, and so I've, I, I started this probably back, back in probably 2015, somewhere along those lines, and then kind of went away from it for, for a while and then came back. Um, so yeah, it, it used to be, uh, much, much longer and then kind of shortened it and, and broken down into, uh, into a trilogy. Was that the start? Is this the first piece you've written? Yes. So I wrote a book before, um, that's actually an ebook, uh, called RF volume one, um, the opposition scouting portfolio. So I also work as a scout in professional soccer and that was, that book was really, um, that was that was the first thing I really wrote was um, was was a, a scouting kind of it's it's an ebook but it's a direct download from my site um, so that kind of it's more of a like a how to to scouting and scouting opponents in soccer um, and so that was yeah that was the first the first thing I really wrote and then this is the second. What made you decide to start writing? So wait a minute, let me come back. Hold on, I just have a little bit of vodka. Um, you're a scout for soccer players. Yeah, so I've, I've been scouting. So I was in I was in the the uh, the U.S. Peace Corps, uh, 2010 to 13, and I uh, my mandate over there was HIV and AIDS education. But I was able to use soccer um, to kind of influence influence that and and um, be around youth. And then 
Uh, so I coached a, like a rural high school team when I was over there. But when I came back to the States, I got in, into scouting. So I've been really working in scouting since about 2014. And I've recently broken off from that to start a, a scouting nonprofit. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what I do in addition to writing. So I say I'm a soccer scout and a writer. Wow. Okay. I, that is not something we have ever heard before. Yeah, people are kind of really taken, taken aback. Absolutely. So what made you decide you were going to write the, this book? Sorry, yeah, you cut out there for a second. How, what made you decide you were going to write the book? Like, what was there a moment or was it just something in the back of your mind for a while? Yes, I, I, uh, I've always, um, I've always kind of identified like as a writer for sure. Um, but then also as a, as a coach and a, and a scout, but, um, yes, like I said before, it's, I write what I call off the chest. So it's kind of, um, it's just getting things off my chest, but I consider it to be self-help. Um, so I think anything that I, that I write is really, it's me kind of getting things off my chest and it's, it's like I said, it's truth, brevity and, and writing that punches. But, um, I think when it comes out and it's in writing, it's, it's, it's self-help. So how much of it sounds like your soccer persona? Like how much soccer advice and like your soccer scout person makes it into the book? Are they separate entities or is it, is it connected? Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I think to me, I think the biggest thing in writing is voice. So I think if, if you, uh, you know, the way I write, my, my primary goal is to, to get you to hear me. Um, and I think, yeah, you kind of have to ask players, like if, if they, if when they read my book is, you know, do they hear like how I am as a coach? But I think, I don't know, I think it's, uh, I think the two personas, so to speak, are, are different. You know, I think, I think I'm certainly, um, you know, when I write, I think you hear my voice for sure. And I think it's, it's probably somewhat similar um, to me, like as a coach. Um, I'm definitely like very straightforward and, and kind of, uh, off the chest, so to speak, like as a coach, but, um, yeah, I would consider, I would consider them, them separate for sure. Um, but you certainly, I think you hear me like when I'm, when I'm writing. When, when you're, um, okay. So you started this process, you didn't, I'm assuming you didn't write in like high school and college. You weren't like, I'm going to be a journalist when I grow up. Cause you said you went in the Peace Corps, correct? Correct. So what was it like, because you said this was a feature book to begin with, what was that like sitting down and writing a novel? Because for a lot of people, the first time they decide to have this little happy thing go in their brain, actually doing it is completely different. So what was that like? Yeah, so I think when I, when I write, it's, um, I always like to say that, you know, I breathe in when I write and I exhale when I'm finished kind of, you know, it's, it's, um, I wouldn't say that I'm someone that, that really enjoys the process of writing. I, it's like, it's like hiking. It's like, I, I love the view, you know, but I don't enjoy like walking up the hill, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, like that for me, you know, I, I sit down and, um, it, it's, I think the biggest thing as a writer is, um, I look at it kind of, kind of like a paint, like a paint bucket and you have a, like a blank canvas and it's like, you have all your words in a bucket and that's kind of like what's in, what's inside of me. And I, I, uh, it's like, I, I take it and the first step for me is getting, getting that out and, and getting out what's inside of me. And then once it's on the canvas, I kind of, kind of like sort through it. Um, so I, you know, for me to, when I, you know, when I sat down to write, it's when I, when I was writing this, it's, um, for me, I think the process is kind of like that. And it's, 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 uh, uh, I don't really look at it like daunting or anything. Um, you know, like, yeah, I said, I, I don't really enjoy walking up the hill, so to speak, but at the same time, I don't consider it to be like an excruciating process. Um, you know, so I, I breathe in when I write and I breathe out when I'm, when I'm done. <laughs> so how long did it take you the first, so you wrote it as a novel to begin with. How long did that take you? Yeah, so I, pr I pretty much have, you know, the sequel and the threequel pretty much done. Um, and it's really now it's kind of just getting like the structure of it. Um, 
So I think that would, that, I would say that probably took me, that would, that took me a couple of years because I kept coming back to it. And then, you know, I, I thought, you know, in the beginning, I kept kind of thinking that it was crap. Um, but then I, I, you know, I, I'll put, you know, put it to the side for a little bit and then kind of come back to it. Um, but yeah, I would say, uh, it would, to get that was probably a couple years, but then when I really, when I really kind of decided to break them down into, into a trilogy to get stupid questions out, um, probably, I mean, not, not very long, maybe, maybe half a year, I think to write it. And it, it's, it's, it's a true short read. It's a true short read. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I uh, it's maybe it took me half a year to write like what I consider a 30 minute short read and, and you can do it in 15. Um, you know, I like to say that what I write, um, most of my work will be found read on a subway or found next to a toilet, so to speak. So <laughs> how about a toilet in a subway station? Share it the next one. Um, what, how do you like, are you a longhand person? Do you write it out? Are you, you know, do you type, do you use a computer? What's your, what's your actual process? Yes, so I, I use a computer. Um, I, I pretty much have like a consistent uh, like running of notes in my phone. Okay. So I don't, you know, I don't carry around like a notepad or anything like that. Um, I definitely use a laptop. Um, I don't, I don't work at coffee shops. Um, I think. <laughs> I feel like there's more there. Yeah, yeah there's, like we need to unpeel that particular <laughs> onion. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, um, I think they find inspiration like being at a coffee shop, but I don't, I don't, I don't, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. I think if I can sit down and it's quiet and I can kind of like lock myself away, I can, I can knock it out. Um, but yeah, you know, I, in terms of, you know, what I use, uh, yeah, just computer. And then I'm constantly um, basically referring to like the notes on my phone, but I'll, 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 uh, I'll email that to myself, you know, probably once every couple of days because I don't, I have this consistent paranoia that I'm going to lose my phone and like, it's just going to, you know, some, it's the phone's going to break or something. So I'm consistently emailing that. And then, um, yeah, I'll have that like up in my, in my email and then just using, using my computer. Do you listen to music when you write or does it have to be totally quiet? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I think, um, yeah, I, I think it, I just go back and forth with it. I think, yeah, to be honest, like if I, if I have music on, I think I can get um, that kind of, it, it, sometimes it's easier to get out what's inside of me when I have music. Uh, but then, you know, when I'm kind of hashing it out, like once it's on the page and I'm kind of getting the structure going, for me, I think, yeah, silence, I think kind of gets that. Um, and it kind of helps me for that. The music, does it have words or no words? Because I know that's a thing. People sometimes get distracted by words and start singing so they can't focus. Do you have a preference? Yeah, for me, oh, see, I, I think. I was going to say, what is he doing karaoke in his living room, Jen? What the hell? Well, no, like that's a, that's a common thing for writers where they're like, no, I have to have movie music or classical music. If it's a song I know, then I start singing and I stop paying attention to what I'm trying to be doing. Well, if it's Journey, everybody starts singing that song. But it just—I think it's funny. I'm just like imagining him with T Swift in the background, shaking it off like the Rock. On what's it called? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I like lyrics in general. You know, I, I love like I love words so much. Like even in film, it's like I would much rather have a drama with words in an action, in an action movie. Um, so when I'm, when I'm writing and if I have music on it, like there's a, there's a side of me that really enjoys jazz, but I, I can't like write to jazz. Like jazz doesn't do it for me. Um, not, not when I'm writing. So what are you listening to when you're writing then? Since Jen opened this particular Pandora's box, cause Jen's going to explain what she listens to too. So what do you listen to? Uh, I think uh, I think maybe I just put it on um, like my Spotify, and I just have maybe like a some kind of playlist that I think just runs through maybe what my popular songs are. But I think I, what I've noticed is I think if it comes to something that's that's like more reflective as a song, you know, and it's not something upbeat like rock and roll, which I love. Um, rock and roll is really like more of like the genre that I listen to every day. But I think if if rock and roll came on 
while I was writing, I don't think I would, I don't think I would just kind of rattle off pages like I would if something, you know, more reflective or like a slower song came on. Um, see, it's, it's not really anything in particular. I think, you know, I listen to a lot of blues um, when I write for sure. So I think, yeah, it's, it's more just having music on, I think, and not necessarily like, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, with words and, and that for sure. But it's, it's more like the idea of music being playing than particularly like what kind of music. Well, it's interesting because um, one thing we talk to authors about is that they have playlists. So we have authors that have playlists that they've written and they've written a book to is a certain playlist or they find songs that motivate them for that particular book. I personally, as weird as this is going to sound to the audience, because this topic has never been brought up on this show as far as what our playlists are, I actually listen to Celtic music when I'm writing. It doesn't. I write horror and erotica, and I listen to Celtic music the entire time. It's. I don't know why. It's very relaxing, and I like having the noise in the background. But I get. I. I will get distracted if I listen to the normal music I listen to all the time. I will get super distracted because I am one of those people that would be karaokeing the entire time I'm, I'm supposed to be writing I'll be like don't stop you know it'll be happening in my house because nobody can hear me Jen what do you listen to um I, I'm, a, I'm a YouTube playlist uh I like I like to be surprised so I um I do epic uh, movie soundtracks a lot, so that's fun. And then I'm a, I'm a sucker for the Vampire Diaries playlist because it's all the same tempo and it's all slow. So that's what I'll do. And then I have an Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra one that, that I, okay. I like. Venus okay. Bone. Like easy, like easy listening for you then. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something. Along, yeah, when I, you brought up a, a, an interesting thing. I have noticed sometimes like there have been moments where like something that I'm not typically into kind of comes on that's it's not necessarily like i've had classical stuff like randomly come on and i've i've uh i haven't like turned it off and i'll realize like man i just kind of banged out like 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 five pages like really quick and um it, it, i have realized that like it's it, it won't be something that i'm necessarily into um but it'll come on and i i didn't you know i didn't turn it off and i just it, it kind of maybe like affected me better, so to speak. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the idea of music. But yeah, but, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, we've started, all right, we have a Google in our house now. And the new thing is when I get in the shower, cause that's when I start thinking about my stories, I will tell Google to play me shower music. And it's totally random every time. It's totally different. So someone in the world used Google to make a playlist and called it shower music and put this music on it. So sometimes it's like rock and roll and sometimes it's rap and sometimes it's death metal. And sometimes like the other day we got, oh, it was like a slaughter list. And I was like, what is happening here? So um, I'm learning, I'm discovering new music every time I'm in the shower. I'm like, someone finds this good shower music. <laughs> someone in the world. So, anyway. You know, it's interesting you say that is, um, so I had a, a little adventure having nothing to do with writing. So I had to take a cat. A friend of mine passed away last year and he had a cat and I ended up with the cat, but his parents wanted the cat. This has been a saga and um, she needs to be by herself. She needed to be the only cat in the household and I had other cats. So it was anyway, but uh, me and my boyfriend decided to drive the cat because the cat howls when it's in a carrier. So there's no plane on the fucking planet that would let me on with this cat. Every person on the plane would be complaining. Um, so we get in the car and we're driving and we're like 20 minutes from the house with the cat like, wow, wow. It was really loud. I'm not even going to mimic what it was. And the boyfriend looks up on Spotify, relax your cat playlist. And finds a relax your cat playlist and pisses, presses play. And I'm not going to lie, like seconds after play was pressed, the cat went quiet. And it was this harp music with pianos. Like it was like fucking Beethoven for cats. And the worst part was I had to drive 14 hours with this very relaxing classical music. He fell asleep. I'm driving. The cat is. And I'm like, okay, maybe that was just a fluke. So about three hours in, I put on Lady Gaga and stuff. Because I'm like, I'm driving. I need to, like, sing. And I, no, 
No, the cat instantly started back up again and was like, what the fuck is that? Put the playlist back on. Cats just like perfectly mellow the entire... But we had a whole discussion about who the fuck sat down and went, you know, my cat gets very tense in cars. I need to relax my cat. Let me make, no lie, a 14-hour playlist. No, it was actually like 26-hour playlist of relaxing cat music. Had little birds in the background sometimes. <laughs> I've like, noticed that actually with dogs, though. Like I've I've noticed that with dogs for sure. Like they will, it, it, it's not even um like the kind of music that you're talking about, like that put your cat to sleep. But I've noticed that just dogs in general, if they if music comes on, it's like they are totally it's totally different. Um, I think you can I mean you can even find yeah YouTube clips of that. But it's 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 yeah. interesting though that somebody would put that effort into a playlist to go. You know what, my cat. Listen, I'm in an orchestra. My cat's really upset all the time. Can we make a playlist? Well, you know what? I just learned this in a in a meeting yesterday with everybody online. I, I teach online, um, and uh, important data point that we discovered: um, cats, while people are streaming and and everything, cats will not fall asleep. They will continue to watch the screen. They won't let. They won't stop paying attention. Whereas dogs tend to be interested for about five minutes and then fall asleep. So when they when like students are in class and everything, dogs dogs sleep. Cats don't important points it's it's good to know i luckily my cats are not in this room right now so they're not staring at the screen because there's nothing like a little cat over there aka awkwarding like you know, with, they're, they're, they're different they're different creatures you know i always think that with cats like, you have to earn the love of a cat you know uh, I, you know i love dogs and cats you know it's like i love dogs but i respect cats Cat, my cat's an asshole. Okay, we're off topic completely. We could go do an entire episode on my cat being a butthead. Say, you, you, could, you can't have a bad cat, that's for sure. Well, she was, I, I named her Ripley. She was found in a storm drain when she was six weeks old. So that's why I named her Ripley because, you know, storm drains. And, um, but she very much is like, I will let you know if it's okay to pet me. I will let you know if I want to be around you. Do not pick me up. I will come sit on your lap. But if you pet me wrong, I'm going to take off running. Like she is, and she's a little calico and she's really looks cute. Everybody's like, oh, and I'm like, don't touch her. Just warning you in advance. Do not touch her. Let her come to you. <laughs> because she looks all cute and innocent and then she rips your face off. So. Um, okay, let's talk about writing. So you've written, um, you're almost done writing all three of these. Do you want to continue down this um, sort of self-help uh, inner voice, or do you want to write fiction? Like, what is your goal as a writer? Yes, yeah, see, for me, I don't, I say, uh, and this is nothing against fiction, but I don't write fiction. I like to say that I, I write about reality because that's where I spend my time. Um, but it's, I think whatever works for you, works for you. Um, and I, I was actually thinking this, this recently, kind of once I've, wrap this trilogy it's like what would i what would i write next i think um it, it would always be you know i write what i know and what i think is unique so it, it would it would certainly be um yeah something along those lines kind of perhaps a like a memoir but even memoirs for me it's like that's almost like tracing a tracing a memory um so it's like i don't know if i would if that, that would going to be i think something along the self-help kind of kind of path i think um do you read a lot of self-help yeah, we'll see it's it's i think see that's the thing is is i think self-help for me it's not necessarily about what's what's been published in books i think self-help is just everywhere and i think the genre is is um you know even if it's an online publication i think the genre is so saturated in 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 just poor self-help you know i i think most self-help writers write you a cookbook and I write you perspective. Um, so I don't, there's, there's practical motivation in, in my self-help, but it's like, I, I try to do it, explain it uniquely um, and then keep it short enough to where, you know, you can close me up if, you know, if, if it's hitting you the wrong way or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it, it would always be, uh, I'll always say that I write off the chest. You know, that's, that's like the style of writing that I write. Um, so everything will kind of 
be me getting something off my chest and it's kind of just sorting out kind of how I'm going to go about like explaining and kind of just shrinking it down to something that's consumable and then um, I think the title is, is important for my direction. So once I kind of sort that out, I can kind of see where I'm going to go next with something. Absolutely. Makes sense. I have many more questions, but we have to take a quick break and we will be right back with Rob Fisher and Drinking with Authors. This is the voice of Drinking with Authors. You are at our commercial break and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. As I'm spilling on myself, I should definitely be drinking more vodka. Okay, we're going to come back. We're back. Woo! Okay, the producer's going to find this. By the way, he's going to start that at any point in time because I can't stop him from doing that. So, anyway, who knows what the help everybody just heard. So, we are back. Um, so, we were talking about what you write. Let's... Um, you know, you say you write from the chest. It's really interesting that you keep saying that because it goes into sort of a genre thing because that's not a genre. When you say write from the chest, that's not a genre out there. Yes, not in a bad way, but, you know, a lot of publishing companies, which we have an entire theory about them, but they, it's not a thing. Have you read your work yet? Have you actually been in front of an audience and read your work? No, but I'm, I'm going on a podcast at the end of October where I, where I will read something. Um, yeah. I'm not, to be honest, like, I'm not one to sit really in front of people and read it. Like, I would if I had to. Um, but no, yeah, no, I haven't done that. Okay. Have you read it to anybody? Uh, I think I've read, um, like, you talking about the full book or just kind of read passages? Read passages to your friends. Mm -hmm. Who has read your book? Who, who is that oh. you know personally have read your book? Uh, so I know like a couple of my, my good friends have read it, um, and they've given me like positive feedback on it. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I think I've read maybe a, a couple passages, I think maybe in the early, early going, like when I got like a proof copy of the book. Okay. Um, did you get it edited or did you edit yourself? Yeah. So I did, I did get it edited. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for sure, like I, I tried to edit it myself. Like I, I think I read it probably 50 times, like trying to, trying to go back. <laughs> we can't edit ourselves. I know this because Jen is actually, she's a PhD in English literature, by the way. So um, a, a lot of people don't know that. Well, I guess if you listen, you know that. But um, she's a PhD in English literature. And even as an author, she will admit she cannot catch her stuff like anybody else's done but her own little Sorry guys you're cutting out there can you hear us now you gotta love we're in the time of covid and in zoom can you hear us yes 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 yeah. okay but go ahead a little bit okay so but jen can't yeah. catch her own problems when she's writing as as she can catch everybody else's but she can't catch her own what are your what are your little little things that you do as a writer Oh, I, so that's a good question. I, I actually was going to mention this and kind of piggyback on what you said, because I realized um, it, it's not like I, I, I believe in the editing process for sure. Um, I, I don't think it, to me, it's, it's having eye, like a separate eye on your work. Um, and I think that, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, you're good. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think for me, what I, what I realized when I was reading the book, kind of just even when I was going back and reading reading my manuscript it's like you read it so much that it's like you start memorizing the words mm -hmm. you can't um it, it's really almost it, it's it's like the worst thing you can do you really need to step away from it for sure like even even um just putting it aside for like a week and then coming back you'll get like fresh eyes on it you'll read it totally different you'll catch mistakes and um but the more you read it, certainly you, you, uh, you start kind of memorizing your words and you get ahead of yourself and you 
you know what's supposed to be said and you can have you know extra words in there typos in there that you don't catch um but yeah i, I believe firmly in the editing process for sure i think getting getting separate eyes on it absolutely crucial and then i i know what i what i have noticed is stepping away from it but reading it early in the morning like i can wake up at at five o'clock and read it at like five thirty or something and that for some reason that like that that early morning read of your book you'll catch like you, you'll read it kind of i think how someone like what i found is when i read it early in the morning it's it's like the way i'm reading it then is kind of how someone else i think would read it and i've noticed that whether it's like the dead silence of the morning i think it's just it gives you something different i think a lot of people have Go ahead, Jen. Sorry. I was just thinking it's fresh brain. So for me, it would be the middle of the night. Like if I started to read something at one, that's like my peak performance, one to three. Yeah. So that's, that would be when my brain finally turns on and, and seems yeah. to work better. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm naturally like a night owl for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I've just, I don't know, for some reason, I think it's almost like just for me waking up early and reading it, excuse me, in that early morning, kind of i don't know that early morning hour just for some reason gives me like it, it's it's uh yeah it's just different I, I i find myself reading it like i feel like when i'm done reading it in the, in the morning i feel like i read it completely fresh um and it would be like a like a fan reading it for some reason yeah that totally makes yeah sense. i think the late night could do that too yeah, Jen is, Jen is the epic night owl at one o'clock in the morning. I would be making upwards. Not that I don't stay up late and play video games and stuff, but I would, at one o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I'm just typing sounds now and I'm just reading sounds. I, I, I already know I'm terrible at that, but I also respect the editing process quite a bit because I'm willing to go, I don't even, I, apparently my latest thing is changing the names of characters from one one paragraph to the next it's fine it's they can be called different names it's okay people should yeah, i've noticed once oh, it's it's crazy because so much is like i will go through like so much of thinking the writing is just shit like i'll read it and i'm like oh this is shit this is so like it's like and i'll come back and 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 kind of just hash it out until i think that it's good and then it's it's like I'll get to a point where I know it's still bad, but I know that it's it's the best that I can edit it, and it has to at that point go to an editor. Like I can't. It's almost reaching that point where it's like, okay, I can't I can't add any more punctuation or remove any words, you know. And it's kind of like I just have to get a grip and, and send it to the editor at that point. But yeah, I'll go through so much just thinking it's terrible, and then until it gets to the point where I can send it to the editor. I'm comfortable enough with that. Well, it's interesting. It sounds like you kind of beat up on, on that a little bit because I think a lot of times uh, writers tend to want to hit this level of perfection that's unobtainable uh, as a writer. Like you're, there's a point in time you have yeah. to just be like, and I'm done, here you go. Here's, here's whatever's going to come out of my mouth right now because it's not going to ever be as perfect as we want it to be. And I'll tell you, when you go back and later look at your work you um if when you look at your work later you will find stuff like this is something i i'm going to put out a, a broad warning for authors be very careful about looking at your stuff later because you almost level up every time you put out work as an author you level up so if you look too far backwards at what you did before it it can make you really angry with what it is but your audience will just think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and you're like cool i found five typos in the first part and i should have said this differently and well they say you know your stuff's never done it's just due and you have to move yeah. on otherwise yeah. you'll just keep it, picking at it yeah it, it, yeah for sure i think um in terms of going back at it now like i still have like i'll have like a proof copy or whatever still with me in my apartment and it's like Oh, uh, you know, I, I read it now. I think it's good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm pleased with it. But yeah, um, before then, it was. I, I, for me, I go through a consistent, a consistent kind of, uh, it, it kind of just a buildup of thinking that it's, it's just not good enough. Um, and then you get it to the point where like you're comfortable enough with it, get it to the editor, and then it comes back, and I continue hashing it out. 
So no, that's kind of process I go through for that. Do you um have deadlines for yourself? Do you need deadlines for yourself? Because you said you did this yourself, so you wrote this as a novel, and then you're like, nope, I'm going to make it a trilogy. Trilogy. Um, and then you, uh, I don't know why I have to say it that way every time I hear that. Um, then, as you've done this, you're almost done with part two and part three. Whatever, even if it's self-inspired, your voice, um, do you have to set a deadline for yourself to get things done? Mm. Uh, for me, I think it's forcing yourself to write. I think there's a there's a fine line between, and I was close to writing a book on this actually. There's there's a fine line between discipline and inspiration. So it's so hard for me to write uninspired, um, but then at the same time you have to be disciplined. So for me, it's like I, I try to force myself to write like half an hour a day. And just sit down and just just write whatever I can whatever I can get out. And I I know um, that the times that I'm being disciplined are probably the times that I'm least inspired. Um, but at some point you'll you'll realize that what you write what, what you wrote when you were uninspired kind of comes back, and you can you can use what you wrote when you were uninspired to add to the times that you are inspired. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily deadlines. It's kind of just finding the, the line between inspiration and discipline and, and kind of forcing yourself to write. And then when you're inspired to making sure that making sure that you write during that, those times as well. Do you ever um, read or listen to author books on writing, like how to write mm. certain things or, cause there's a, there's a ton of great books out there that have to do with actually writing the craft of writing. Do you read craft mm. books at all? No, not at all. Not at all. I, I truly, I think, um, to me, I think being a writer is, is like the one thing where all you have to do to be it is do it. Um, but at the same time, if it's, there's something about, um, and I think it, regardless if you write fantasy or self-help or whatever you write, I think if you don't have something to say, then I don't have anything to listen to, so to speak. So it's like, even if I'm reading like books that teach you how to write, I think ultimately you can, you can learn some kind of process to get you to like, to write it. We he lost him. He super froze. I'm seeing if he comes back. Is he coming back? He hyper froze. Oh, I don't know if we're getting him back. What happened? Welcome to Drinking with Authors, COVID edition. <laughs> right? He's, yeah, super, super is he there? I'm wondering if he's hearing us talking and it's just not doing it. I love technology. I wonder if we're getting him back. I wonder if we lost him. Oh, we lost him. Jen, we lost him. I guess we'll have I'm, I know he'll be back. We can talk. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who who writes like this. No, this is this is an interesting. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the the idea of it. Oh yes. Back. Oh, he's back. Look, we didn't lose him forever. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like yay technology during COVID. We love it. Um. So. Where where did where, where did I cut off there? You cut off. You were saying, Jen, you're going to be better at this. This is like, I maybe put you were, like, you were mid um, in this. They're talking about um, uh, reading, reading like, books books. On how to write. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think, I think everyone can become a better writer. You know, mm -hmm. I think reading, um, I think reading things on that and the craft of writing can teach you how to become a better writer. But I think, ultimately like writing is something that has to be inside of you I, I i i truly believe that you know it has to come from so to me it's it's almost like um for me it's like a there's like something that boils you know and it's like it, there's a tipping point and that tipping point i think is what makes me a writer because i write on the tipping point like once it's about to boil over is when i you know that's when i get out what's inside of me very cool let's talk about covers where did your covers come from my friend 
Oh, so <laughs> me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all about like the simple, the simple cover, but I wanted to pop, you know, um, that, that, I think it also depends on the genre that you write. You know, I think a lot of like mystery and, and thriller novels kind of, kind of catered to like a similar, a similar cover. Um, I, I don't put a, I don't put like a ton of thought into the cover. It's important for sure. Um, but yeah, I just wanted something that like simple that pops. Um, Where did you get it? Did you have somebody make it for you? Did you make it? How did you come upon your covers? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I just had like a, uh, a cover designer um and they just submitted me a couple ideas with this one um but yeah there was there was a couple books i think that i said i said i wanted to look something similar like that um and i wanted you know i wanted the the title and the subtitle kind of there and you know big and and kind of just so you, the book is clear like what's it about and um yeah so yeah cover designer that's that's pretty much how i got it okay so book you said book two and three. I kind of touched on this earlier, but do you have something that's gnawing at you um, to go into your next set of books or your next book? Do you have anything that's just tickling your brain? Because it sounds like it were simmering. Look, that was the analogy you made. It was simmering. I can pay attention. You have to wait for it to uh, boil. Uh, uh, to, to be honest, it's, it's, um, it's, like, it's really like just looking through the notes in my phone. And sorting out kind of like, all right, what am I going to take, you know, this group of notes and put it into a book that goes this direction? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, like I probably have I make 10 to 20 notes in my phone every every day, you know, just thoughts and ideas or like just quotes that I think is something that I would say or believe. And then I will, I'll take that and kind of just try to find inspiration around that and see if it fits into something else and kind of take it from there. Like, like I said before, it's, it's, uh, it's really like a, just like a blank canvas and I have like all of these thoughts and ideas in a bucket and I just throw it on the canvas. And then I, I kind of put to the side things and sift, you know, shift through the madness and get, figure out a direction and kind of go from there. Do you type them into your phone or do you do like I do where you do voice recordings? Oh. I do voice recordings all the time, which I'm sure yeah, seems very creepy to people around me where I'm because I write horror. I'm like, maybe somebody could poison somebody with blah. <laughs> Make awkward eye contact with somebody. Yeah, no, I, I use the uh, I use the voice recorder for sure. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, 100% of the time, you know, unless it's like. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like half the time with the voice recorder, it's like, it, uh, it, sometimes it'll get, it, it won't hear me correctly. So then I'll have to sit there and type it in. But yeah, especially if it's like a long thought, it's like, it's, it's easier to, to use that. Yeah. Voice to text is so much fun. I just let it go. Like I used to try to correct and I just let it go and people will go, are you doing voice to text? And I'm like, absolutely. I'm just using sounds. Go team. I heard this. Uh, I heard this thing about Mick Jagger one time that he like he doesn't send uh, he doesn't use any punctuation in his text, and so he just sends these like long or I don't I think maybe it was it was like no punctuation and then no spaces or something. So he like sends these long running texts where people are like, "What the hell is like? What is he saying?" Here? <laughs> Word soup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess if you're Mick Jagger, you could do whatever the crap sticks you want to do, which just seems totally bizarre to me. But yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll do the voice memos, and sometimes I go back and I listen, and I'm like, I probably should have put more to this. What the hell was I just saying? <laughs> Recorded. Are you against writing, like full on writing, on your phone, or will you, will you thumb? Thumb in different things. Are, Are you, you trying to E.L. James him or something? I'm going to write a whole book on my Blackberry. A lot uh, of people do. <laughs> are you talking about like, am I against like actually using my fingers to type versus the, the voice recorder? Well, no, I mean, would you, you use your fingers to type for notes or the voice recorder, either one, but would you compose like actual text of your book on your phone or are you only composing when you're on a computer? Uh, no, I, she wants I, yeah. to know if you're going to E.L. James the book. So E.L. James wrote her stupid Fifty Shades of Garbage on her Blackberry. 
That's what she's talking about. Would you write a book? Other people, authors will write entire books on a phone, and it, I, I am not one of them. Uh, um, oh, I, mean, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done that. I think it, if you, if I was traveling or something and I didn't have a computer, you know, maybe I would. Um, I don't know how you would, how you could do that. It would just be far too frustrating. Like sitting, sitting there on like a tiny keyboard, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't think I could do it. Um, I couldn't yeah. do it. I have to yeah. scroll. I have to go look at what the hell I said before. Yeah, I would just, just notes on my phone. Um, and then def yeah, compose it on the computer for sure. I, I don't, I don't know how people use a typewriter. I tr well, I, like, it's like, I, I don't know how, I don't know. There's just so much like, I, I could write a whole page and then want to go back and like remove the page, um, delete all the words, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think, yeah, I think some people, I mean, before there, that was the only option. I will say I learned to type on a typewriter in school that puts the date on me anyway but um there i think there are some people that are like it's nostalgic and i'm like it's a gigantic waste of time but if it's their process it's their process i know some people who have to write outside some people who have to can only write inside some people who need noise around them since you brought up the coffee shop thing and i think a lot of times it's the motion and i don't think people always attribute it to that but i think there's a something to be said for having motion going around you that you don't have to control because you don't have to control the motion or the noise of a coffee shop and some people get very inspired by people watching i get horribly inspired by people watching i i, I enjoy it thoroughly it is it has been the the impetus behind many a story watching people at different times so yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. I think, I don't know, I think to me, people watching is different than, I don't know, yeah, being in a coffee shop and try, trying to write. Uh, um, I, like, I, I, yeah, I get, yeah, I, I, people watch all the time. I, I have my spots, like, I, I live in D.C., and one of my favorite things to do is go to, like, my favorite spot at, at the park and people watch, you know? I get a ton of, like, notes from there and, yeah, inspiration for sure from there. How's COVID been to you? Oh, uh, what, what do you mean? As an author, well, as an author, it's interesting because I think a lot of us who write go, we would like more time at home to be able to write and do this thing. And I think majority of authors, COVID has been the opposite of that, even oh. though it's forced people to be at home and, you know, oh. you don't go out. It was funny. I realized I hadn't been, I haven't, still haven't been, but somebody went to the mall, which and we're in Florida, so our governor fucking opened everything as if nothing is happening don't get us started but yeah, it's uh, just and anybody listening the local governments like the counties and the cities are not opening things so that's trumping uh, get it trumping anyway trumping what he's uh, doing but you know they opened everything so a friend of mine was like oh yeah i went to the mall and i literally had to think about the last time i had actually been in the mall not that I was like in the mall all the time, but I had been a while since, and it's so funny, but going through COVID, it's changed so much for all of us. What about you? What has it changed for you as a, a writer or yeah, a think, human? You know? Oh, so I think, because I was thinking this recently, actually, I think being a writer isn't about being a fly on the wall. It's about dancing in the mix hard enough to write about it. So it's, at least that's that's for me and so i think it's like oh like covid for sure for me writing comes from living um and i, I it's it's definitely been like you said earlier it's been the opposite for me um it, it's more like how we were talking about earlier like the, you know the fine line between discipline and inspiration so it's like right now i'm just being disciplined like trying to write um i, I still have notes flowing like all the time but i, I think it's I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not been like as helpful as before, like, like pre COVID. Um, yeah, I think it was better. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Cause I'm not people watching except for through zoom, which yeah. is, God, it's, I don't even want to talk about yeah, zoom. Go, yeah. We, I, I can still go to the park and stuff and, um, yeah, do stuff there, but it, yeah, I don't know. Pre COVID was definitely, 
like a writer's paradise for sure. I think now it's 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 like um, I don't know. It's you can look at it the other way. It's almost like a challenge that you that you face kind of head on. You know, um, you just kind of embrace it and see maybe you get something better. It's like 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 I said, I still have uh, I still have notes flowing every day. I still have ideas. You know, so I think it could just be just a different like this time you, you look back on it and it's like when I write I need a muse like that might come out better you know now because I'm in COVID or whatever but in in the moment you think it's it's tough you know when you look back on it after you're done it it just you might come across like ideas that you had now that you maybe you wouldn't have you wouldn't have pre-COVID you know I don't know until I release kind of get the muse out and take a look back on it and see you know was COVID better for me or not no, totally, totally. Look at look at that little self help nugget right there. Jen, did you see that self help nugget? Yeah, that I just like happened. That. Okay. Okay. Well, we are coming to the end of the episode. Drinking with authors. I know this because I have to pay attention to time required by the producer. Um, what advice would you give authors out there? I think. Um... For me, I th it depends what you're writing, you know? I, I think if, if you're writing like self-help, you're writing off the chest, I think, oh, it's, I always look at how, what I want and it's, um, I want my writing to punch and I think it only punches after you've lived. So it's like learn to live and you'll, you'll learn to write, so to speak. But it's, like I said, it's, it, it, it depends like kind of what you're writing. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like we were saying earlier as well, writing is the one thing where all you have to do to be it is do it. But if you don't have something to say, then I don't have anything to listen to. Um, so it's like, that's my advice really is you, I think that you can read books on how to write and it, you become a better writer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's living and, and kind of being able to pull on your experiences. I think that make you a writer. So it's like really being able to tap into that. Um, and seeing kind of where that takes you. Awesome. Okay, I think that's very good advice. Shameless self-promotion time. How do people find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, meetrobfisher.com, and then on Instagram, at uh, rfisher451. So those are two, my, my two primary kind of platforms. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah, it's my it's pleasure. Thanks for me Absolutely. So this has been Drinking with Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>